0: Welcome to the Bedford First Assembly of God podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message. We'd love to hear what God is doing through this ministry. If you have a story to share, send us an email at connect at bedfordfirstag.org. Also, feel free to visit our website at bedfordfirstag.org. You can view the live stream of our services and find out more about our church. Thanks for listening. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn to Philippians chapter three. Is where I want to begin this morning. We were traveling recently, as most of you know, and um, and it was interesting to be in an airport. Um, oftentimes, we were receiving people. My my kids didn't like going to the airport. Um, to drop people off. They loved going to the airport to pick up people. So if you don't know what we did, we we did all kinds of missions, and we would have teams come over from time to time to do various types of ministry. We had a team from here a number of years ago. And guys, you can throw that first slide up there. Um, And um, we would have teams come through. So we didn't travel a lot ourselves, but we went to the airport back and forth. So it was kind of fun to be going into the airport and traveling ourselves. And when we got to Atlanta, which is where we landed, there's all kinds of people in Atlanta. Atlanta is a madhouse when it comes to the airport. And, and as I was watching, I noticed there were two kinds of, of travelers in the airport. And, and they're represented by African animals. Yes, they had to be African animals because that's just how it's going to be. I hope you all don't get tired of Africa. It's going to come up a lot, OK? Just so you're aware. But there are two types of travelers. The first one is like the giraffe. Not giraffe. The cheetah. I'm just picking animals at random. I'm not even looking at my own pictures. It's a cheetah. These people walk into the airport with as little as possible because they want to move as fast as possible. They got their cell phone. They got nothing else. They got no bags. They got nothing. I'm like, don't you need anything when you travel? I need nothing. I got my wallet. I got my phone. And in most cases, they're the same thing. These people are there to move. I'm getting through. I'm getting on. Don't slow me down. Even their hair, I think, has been slicked back. Then there are other travelers who feel necessary to pack everything they own just in case. They got bags. They got bags on their bags. They got bags hanging off them and on wheels and on top of the things on wheels. You know that kind of person. They want to pack for every possible contingency, so they're moving like elephants through the airport. They're lumbering along through the elephant because they got 8,000 pounds worth of stuff. There's no moving quickly. But once they build up momentum, there's no stopping them either. You, you, don't, you get out of their way, you, you're, you're not going to stop them. So there's two kinds of travelers as we move through the airport. And I was thinking about it. I was kind of laughing. We were were the elephants on this last trip because we literally packed everything to wait as much as we could in every nook and cranny. Now, my son loves that expression, nook and cranny, because they don't use that very much in Africa. So when you say nook and cranny, they're not sure what nooks are or crannies are. We heard a guy praying one time, Holy Spirit, fill every nook and cranny, and Ian thought it was the funniest thing he'd ever heard. He, he, he didn't pray a single thing after that. He's like, can the Spirit fill nooks and crannies? I think he can. <laughs> we packed. We were the elephants lumbering through the airport as we were traveling. But the reality is, is whether you're a cheetah or whether you're an elephant, you're in a season of transition. You're in a, in a moment of transition. You're passing from one place to another place. And I don't know about you, but I feel that strongly right now. I feel that we're in a moment of transition as a church and, and as individuals. As an individual, I'm in a, in a season of transition, in a moment of transition. It won't always be what it is right now. But I, as I was praying about this morning, um, uh, the Lord laid upon me Philippians chapter 3 because we're in a, 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 a weird season. And I want to acknowledge that. Because for the last four months, you've been in between pastors. Many of you loved Pastor Bill and his ministry. Many of you have known us and, and think you still know us, but it's, it, it's weird because we're not, we didn't come back the way that we left. In some ways, we did. No comments about being old or fat. Thank you very much. But the reality is, is, is things are, are weird right now. Like I showed up and suddenly I'm your pastor. <laughs> some of you know me. Some of you don't know me yet, and that's weird. Like, I'm, I'm just supposed to, like, pastor? I mean, I guess I could call you that, but it's, it's in a weird space of transition. We're, we're traveling. We're in this weird season. In fact, everything around us is in transition. I look at the trees. I look at nature around us is in transition, and what an incredibly beautiful transition. I had forgotten that there were so many red buds here. I, I had to learn the name. Thank you, Larry Wagner. I didn't know what they're called. Like, Larry, what are these... Purple trees called, they're called red buds, which really throws me. I'm like, but they're not red. I know the I know the buds are red. Relax. So nature is in a transitional state. I'm in a transitional state. I would imagine some of you are in transitional states. And I thought rather than tiptoeing around that, let's call it what it is. It's transition. And that's okay. We're allowed to be in transition. It's allowed to feel funny. You're allowed to think, I don't really know about Pastor Chris. Or you're allowed to think, I I used to know Pastor Chris, but what is he like now? You can always like Amy. Trust that. Amy's good. She's good to go. You can just like her. But I understand being in that weird space. The reality is, is that we're, we find ourselves in transition. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 says, For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven. And then it goes down to list, a time for living and dying, a time for pulling up and planting, a time for all this stuff. And as I read that this week, as it stirred in my spirit this week, I thought, that's it. There's a season for everything. And we're changing seasons. And that's a, that's a weird space to be in if we're not careful. That's an odd space to be in if we're not careful. And so I want to encourage you this morning that, that as we read, there's some things I think we need to prepare ourselves for to make this transition well. See, because when we're in a different season, there's potential for incredible beauty. The red buds, the dogwoods, the new leaves, the new grass. There's so many cool things. I love this tree. This tree is cool to me. It's been hope and life to me. I don't know why it's, it's touched me so much this year. I think it's because we forgot about it being here. I love driving and seeing these things. There's incredible beauty. There's opportunity for incredible things. There's also opportunity for some crazy things. There's some flooding. <laughs> There's tornadoes. I remember one year when I was youth pastoring here in April, I think we canceled service three weeks in a row on a Wednesday night because of tornadoes stupid tornadoes. It's a a season of great opportunity, but it's also a season of some challenges. I think we can say that. When you get a new pastor, it is a new season, and that's an opportunity for incredible beauty. There's also some opportunity for challenges. Some people are not going to like me as well as others do, and that's hard for me. I want everyone to like me. But the reality is is we're in, 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 in a transitional space, and if we're not careful, we're going to end up seeing the wrong thing. We're going to be gonna end up focusing on the wrong thing, and that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Philippians chapter three, guys you can throw that verse up. Philippians chapter three verses um, 12 to, to 15. Not that I've already attained this or I'm already perfect, but I, I, I press. Can't see around that corner. I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. I keep forgetting I can read over here. I'm bending, breaking my neck, and I've got one in front of me. I'll get there. All right. Um, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining toward what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I read this verse recently, and it jumped off the page to me. When we find ourselves in a transition of seasons, this is the thing I want us to grab a hold of and I want to talk about today. The first thing I think if we're going to transition successfully into this new season is we have to remember that this life is a journey. This life is a journey. It is more about the trajectory of my life over time than the perfection of my life in every moment. It's about perfection of commitment, not condition. It's about perfection of commitment, not condition. Because all of us find ourselves, not that I have already obtained this or uh, am already perfect. I love Scripture. You know why? Because it reveals the humanity of those who are present. Paul's writing. Now, if you want to pick someone who, who should claim perfection, it's Paul. My guy was the guy. He wrote huge chunks of the New Testament, miracles, planting churches. He's doing the do. I don't want to be in a room with Paul because I will feel inferior. (laughs) What have I done for you, Lord, when compared to Paul? Paul says not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect. See, it's about our perfection of our commitment to the Lord, not perfection of condition. What that means is none of us are perfect. I think we want to give each other permission to not be perfect. You got some junk, I got some junk, we all got some junk. The reality is it's not about the junk we have, it's whose we are. The reality is is that as we approach it, none of us can say, I have obtained and I am already perfect. Woo! No one gets to say that. No one, not a one. Paul could have in my book, but still he recognizes. See, the more you know the Lord, the more you realize it's by grace and grace alone. That's how we should treat each other when we walk into this building, when we move into this space. I want us to look at everyone who walks through this door and think, man, they're like me. They're just like me. I don't care what they look like. I don't care what color their hair is. I don't care whether they are covered in tattoos or have no tattoos. I want me to think, you know what, they're just like me. We've not obtained it yet, but we are on a journey somewhere. Paul makes this statement not that I have already obtained this. What is the this that he is referencing? I think it's important we understand that. Guys, go to the next one. We find that this beginning in verse 8. Not that I, nope, uh, nope, maybe not. Verse 8, go to verse 8 with me. I want you to begin looking there and seeing what the this is. Now, if I can get my device to behave. My, my Bible is on the shipment which consequently is on its way. They tell me it's going to arrive the 17th. I'm not holding my breath. But that's what they say to me. Verse 8. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord And the power of his resurrection and sharing his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection. When Paul says, not that I have already obtained all this, what he's saying is this that he's talking about is knowing Christ. This understanding, this connection, this, this relationship with. He says, Jesus is my love for his sake. I've suffered loss of all things. I count them as rubbish in order that I may gain who? Christ. See, what he's saying is I haven't obtained this. What? The full knowing, the full gaining of Jesus. He hasn't gotten there yet. I skipped to verse 10, that I may know him. Oh, we want to know him. That word means not just to know about him, but to continuously, ongoingly, and in deeper measure know him. It's an ongoing knowing. The cool thing about the Lord is we can never know the fullness of him. If I could plumb the depths of God, would he really be God? I think not. He says, I want to keep knowing him and the power of his resurrection. That word resurrection literally means to lift up. It's in reference to death, but the actual word means to lift up. I don't know about you, but I could use some lifting. I could use some lifting in my life. I could use some, some building up. I could use some capacity creation in my life. So he says, I want to know Christ. I want to gain Christ. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. I want to share in his sufferings. Now, this one I don't like. I'm just going to be honest. I don't like that word. Uh, I'm not interested in that word. So I started looking that word up, and it does mean sufferings. Jesus says, if I suffered, you're going to suffer. That doesn't mean we go looking for suffering. (laughs) But, you know, that word also means enduring. There's a shade of that word that means the ability to endure. Of course, you have to be going through difficult things in order to endure. I thought that was an interesting shade of meaning when I read it. I want to know him. Yes. I want to know his resurrection. Yes. That I may share in his enduring. Yes. I want to be able to endure in this life because this life has rain and sunshine. This life has good moments and difficult moments. Am I the only one? There are moments that are tough. There are moments that shake you to your core. There are moments that go, hey, I sang about you being the great I am, but right now I don't feel like you're the great I am. Is that me only? Well, maybe the first three rows. Anyone in the back? I see you. I'm looking back there. I'm lo- Ricky, I'm looking at you, okay? This life is not easy. But the reality is that God doesn't make it easy. He promises to be with us. I want to know his suffering. I mean, I want to know his endurance. I want to know the ability to walk through suffering with grace and with strength. I want to look differently in the middle of my suffering than those people that don't know Jesus. I think he allows difficulty so that our light can shine differently than those that don't know Jesus. And that doesn't mean we start perfectly. We hit tough stuff, and all of our junk comes out, and we come unglued, and then the next thing you know, the Holy Spirit empowers us, and suddenly we turn different. I want to know Him. I want to know His resurrection. I want to know His sufferings. Ooh, help me. I want to become like Him in His death. Ah, that's even worse. Pastor Chris, you better shut your mouth right now. I don't mean literal, physical death, although there are those who have. It means that in dying to myself, in surrendering of my will, that the Lord's will might go forward. I want to know Him. I want to gain Him. I want to have the power of his resurrection. I want to share in his something. I want to become like him in his death that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. There is a resurrection from death that is coming. I don't want to over-spiritualize, but there are some dead areas in your life that the Lord wants to resurrect. There are some things that look like they're dead that they're not actually dead. They're just really, really, really asleep. (laughs) I believe the Lord wants to stir some stuff up. I believe that this is what the this is from verse 12. We must remember this life is a journey. I want to know him, his power, his might, his strength, his endurance. Yes, even his death so I can know his resurrection. Paul understood that the this wasn't a destination to arrive at but a journey to be undertaken. We're on a journey with the Lord I want to be perfectly committed to Him even if my condition is not perfect. See, that's what I mean when I say that. I can be committed to Him even while knowing my condition is not perfect because I'm never going to reach perfection. So it's unreasonable to expect perfection. Wherever you are in your journey with God, this isn't a destination. This is good news. And, and, and maybe bad news. Can't I just get there, Lord, and be done? Could you you please quit hammering on me for a little while, Jesus? Anyone else feel? I've been there. Jesus, it would be really nice if you could take a break for just like two minutes, please. See, Jesus is taking you as you are. He takes us as we are. How ridiculous is that? But he rarely leaves us as we are. Let say that again. He'll take you as you are. Everybody who walks through those doors, he'll take you as you are. But he's probably not going to leave you as you are. Why? Why? Because there's some stuff in your life that's hindering you. There's some stuff in your life that's keeping you from him. It's all about him. It's all about relationship. In my relationship with Amy, I try not to lie to her, not because it's bad. It's bad. It is bad but because it puts barriers in our relationship. If I lie to her enough, then she doesn't trust me. When there's no trust, there's no relationship. The reality is it's the same. Because we're aiming towards a him, I'm gaining a him. I'm knowing a him that when there's junk in the way of the him, then he wants to remove it. And that's not easy, and that's not fun, and that's not nice. That's some suffering. But the reality is that this is good news. God isn't finished working in you, working on you, and working through you. So relax. He's never going to be finished. Ease up a little bit. Uh, It drives me crazy when people accuse the church of being full of hypocrites. No, it's full of people. Which means we're all going to be hypocrites from time to time. Sorry, did I say that out loud? step away from the pulpit. We're all going to get caught in our own humanity. We must remember we're on a journey. Not that I have already obtained this. I haven't obtained it yet as your pastor. Amy hasn't obtained it all yet. We're working on gaining. We're working on knowing. We're working on it. But I want this place to be a place that understands that even as we transition to a new season, we're all in a process. I am committed to the Lord perfectly but my condition is not perfect and that's okay because he's going to keep working. Whatever this next season holds, it will be maximized by understanding we are on a journey with him and that it is more about who we are in him and whose we are. I want you guys to go to that next slide. I want you to see something. Uh, Nope. I'm jumping way ahead of me. I've got these guys lost. I'm sorry. Go back to verse... He says, not that I've already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. This knowing, this gaining, this power, this resurrection. Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Guys, find that slide that underlines that. I'm throwing you guys all over creation. I'm sorry. It's not easy to be a slide person when your pastor is half nuts. Try going backwards. Try going forwards. Somewhere there. I caught by this term. He has made me his own. Next one. Yes, there we are. Christ Jesus has made me his own. Christ Jesus. The Christ Jesus. Not the one that the roofers were referencing on my roof the other day. The Christ Jesus. Jesus takes us as we are, but he never leaves us as we are. Jesus changes our identity when we become his and he becomes ours. You know, we talk about a sinner's prayer. I don't think we understand what happens when we pray the sinner's prayer. Lord, I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. That is an identity change. The book of Romans refers to what is as an adoption. I change families when I come into right relationship with Jesus. I become his child. I become his son. I become his heir Romans chapter 8 verses 14 uses the terms sons children's adopted and heirs I have an identity change when I get right with Jesus when he makes me his own that is a powerful statement identity is not in actions or what we do for a living It is about whose we are and what we become. Paul describes it in Romans as children, as heirs, as ones adopted. We were outside the family. Now we're inside the family. As we approach transitions, we need to remember that our identity is not found in what we have done, but rather in whose we are. I, I remember as a youth pastor, I used to talk to our children, our young people all the time, and they'd be like, why do I never get away with anything? Anyone else grow up in church, have that same experience? Jesus doesn't let me get away with anything. My friends are out there running wild, wild, all kinds of junk. I literally had one bad thought, and Jesus is like, stupid. Right? Is, is that just, uh, are you with me? Because you are His. See, that's what happens. We become His. And when we're His, He has permission. It's a terrifying place to be. His. <laughs> Some of you are like, okay, that's cool. I don't want to be His anymore. No, you do. You do want to be His because the alternative is way, way worse. Because when we're His, we also get the benefits. So now we come, verse 13. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ. We must remember that this life is a journey. We must remember that our identity is not found in what we have done, but in whose we are. Thirdly, we must remember that there is an ongoing divine exchange taking place. Guys, go to the next slide. Forgetting what is behind. This is the heart of what I want to share about today. You can keep going. What does it mean to forget? See, those of us that are are embracing the transition of seasons understand that forgetting is a crucial part of, of stepping into that next season. Forgetting is an important part of stepping into that next season because we recognize that what's behind us has the ability to propel us into the future or to prevent us from getting into the future. We've all walked into this place carrying things. As I walked through that airport, I had huge bags. All of my hands were tied up. In fact, Amy had the heaviest bag of all, and eventually Ian and I had to take turns carrying that heavy, godless thing around Mom's like, I can't carry it. All right, Ian, jump in, and he did. Ian's got like 18 bags walking through the airport. Amy was the cheetah. Ian was the elephant in that moment. That's not true. She she carried. I'm being I'm being naughty. See, what's behind us, what we're carrying, uh, what we're holding from, what is behind us has the opportunity to propel us into the future or to prevent us from getting there. I want to take a moment and talk about it. Those things that propel, see, not everything that is behind us is bad. This word forget means to neglect, to ignore, to drop, to let go of. When we say we want to forget those things that are behind us, forgetting what lies behind, it means that I look at it, I examine it, and if it's keeping me from what's in front of me, I lay it down, I set it down. What things propel us into the future? God's promises, God's truth, God's word, our past victories. These things propel us. I don't want us to forget those things. I don't want us to forget the ways that the Lord has been faithful. I don't want us to forget his promises. I don't want us to forget his word. I don't want to forget the words that have been spoken. I don't want to forget those things that push me into. But see, the things of the Lord never cause me to look backwards. They push me from behind and keep me looking forwards. There's a lot of stuff that has come before me as a pastor in this church and the reality is those things that will propel me into what God has for me, I want to be propelled by. Those things that keep our focus on what is in front of us, those are good things. Those things that leave our hands open and able to receive, see when God does something it becomes part of who I am, leaving my hands empty to hold what's out in front of me. When I live in the things that the Lord has spoken over me, when the Lord has given to me, when the Lord has delivered me from, when the Lord has gifted to me, it leaves my hands empty to walk in front because it's pushing me from behind. These things have become part of us. We know them as the fruit of the Spirit. I can take almost anything and boil it down to the fruit of the Spirit. If we would live in the fruit of the Spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit is meant to be ingested and taken in. It grows out of us. Leaving our hands empty. Those things that prevent us. Accusations. You're this. You're that. You're nothing. You're useless. You're worthless. Lies. You'll never amount to anything. You'll never become anything. Jesus can't possibly forgive you. Jesus doesn't really like you. What you've done is too much. Lies. Sins. There are things that we have chosen to do that keep us. Threats. Defeats. Those become the baggage that we hold on to, see, because those things keep our focus on what is behind us. I can't step into this because of this. And it's hard to walk forwards when you're walking backwards. See, I, I, I have to look to make sure I don't fall off the step, but I'm still looking backwards, and if I'm not careful, I'll drop off. I was painting the ceiling the other day in my house, and I'm standing on the scaffolding, and my whole thought process is paint, 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 because I'm fearing of stepping off the back of that thing and <coughs> hurting myself. If our focus is backwards, we can never walk forwards. If our focus is behind us, these things leave our hands full and unable to receive what the Lord has for us. When am I focused on what behind me, the baggage of my past, I can't pick up what the Lord has for me because my hands are full. These things are burdens to occupy us, not fruit that will propel us. Unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment, negativity, hurt, wrong desires, they keep us bound. We have to forget what is behind us that's hindering us and preventing us. This is not an accidental slipping of the mind. I forget where I put my keys. It's a good thing I'm married because I I couldn't hardly get out the door. Amy, do you know where whatever is? I got limited brain space. I can't keep track of all these things. I know Amy knows, so I'm just not going to do it. I'm just going to ask her. This is not an accidental slipping of the mind, but rather an intentional response to something which is keeping us from moving forward. When I forget what is behind, it's not by accident. I didn't lose track of it. I looked at it. I neglect it. I ignore it, and I drop it. Regardless of whether this thing is good or bad, I've known some guys that were football stars in eighth grade, and that's all they're ever going to be. They're 54 years old. Sorry, honey, that's, that's, not, that's not how he feels. He's just felt football, eighth grade, that's all he heard. There are some people who have good things in their past, and that continues to be how they define themselves, not about whose I am, but what I've done. And the reality, even good things can keep us from what was behind us. Even positive things can keep us, as long as they occupy my hands and occupy my line of sight, then I can never turn and get into what the Lord has for me. There's a lot of bad things that are behind us. These things need to be neglected, ignored, and dropped if they're preventing us from walking into. Hebrews chapter 12 says, Let us lay aside Let us leave behind. Let us unburden ourselves of every weight and every sin that easily entangles us. That weight is not sin. Recognize there's two different things there. Sin is sin. We know what sin is. Those things that Jesus said don't do that we did anyway. We ask forgiveness, those things are dropped. Weights are not sinful things, but they're things that keep us from walking into what the Lord has for us. The thief Wants to kill, steal, and destroy what is in front of us, so he attempts to burden us, distract us by what we are carrying from our past. If the enemy can get you focused on what you're carrying and what's behind you, then you'll never walk into what the Lord has for you. We gotta forget some stuff. We gotta strain forward, we gotta press on. What is in front of us is greater and of more important than what is behind us. What is in front of us deserves more of our attention. Than what is behind us. Regardless of whether it's good or bad, what's in front of me deserves more of my attention than what's behind me, but that's only possible if I let go of those things that are keeping me distracted, keeping me burdened, keeping me down. Yes, there is uncertainty in the changing of seasons. There is. In the changing of seasons is the, pol- the possibility of challenges. There's pain, there's disruption, there's disappointment. But in the changing of season, there's also incredible beauty. I think the Lord has incredible things in front of us. We have to remember that there's a divine exchange happening. I'm forgetting what is behind, and I'm pressing on to what's in front of me. Yes, there is uncertainty, but there's also purpose. You know that the Lord ordained for this moment to be this, the moment of pastoral change. I don't know why. The Lord, in His infinite wisdom, <laughs> has asked Amy and I to come and lead this church in this new season. It doesn't always make sense to me. It doesn't have to. His purposes, His ways, are higher than our ways. And if we're going to navigate into this next season well, we have to remember that there's some stuff we're going to have to forget, some stuff we're going to have to lay down some stuff that we need to allow propel us and some stuff that we need to drop because it's hindering us. I'm going to ask the praise team to begin making their way to the front. Paul says, finally, brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. See, he's not just pressing for nowhere. I press on toward the goal of, the prize. That goal and that prize is what he talked about in verse 8 and verse 10. Knowing him, gaining him, his power, his resurrection, his endurance slash sufferings, his death, his resurrection. We push, we forget, we let go because there's something in front of us that we need to gain. And the Lord has, I think, incredible plans in store for this church. But if we have things that we're holding on to, if we're continually looking backwards, then we're never going to be able to walk into. And there's good things behind us. There's bad things behind us. It doesn't really matter whether it's good or bad. If it's in your hands, it's going to keep you. It's going to keep us. So this morning as the praise team comes, I want to take a moment, and I see the time. One thing you're going to have to understand about me. I'm used to three-hour services, so... Sorry, not sorry. See, now is a divine moment. This, right now, what we're moving into. And I don't want you to miss what the Lord wants to say to you, because as individuals, some of you have walked into this space with things in your hands that are keeping you from walking into what the Lord would have. You. I don't know what those things are. I don't need to know what those things are. What I know is the Spirit is beginning to whisper to you, hey, you're an elephant and I want you to be a cheetah. The Lord just called you an elephant. No, I, I've come in to this service this morning knowing that some of you... Have walked in with baggage and I believe the spirit of the Lord would say to you this morning it's time to set your baggage down intentionally on purpose to lay that junk at the feet of Jesus I've got bitterness I've got unforgiveness I've got resentment I've got hurt I've got pain I have success I have victories I have I have something in my past that the Spirit would say to you this morning is keeping you because your focus is all about what's behind you and not about what's in front of you. So I want us to take a moment this morning. I I, 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 I don't know where we are. I, I, I don't know much about what has been going on, but what I know is this. This place is called an altar. I don't know if you've been in church for all. It's called an altar. And In the Bible, people would bring sacrifices to an altar they would lay it down and it would be consumed and they would get up and leave the reason we call this place an altar is because it's a place to bring sacrifice i can give you my sacrifice of pain i can give you my sacrifice of hurts i can give you my sacrifice of victory i can bring everything to you lord jesus and i can lay it down as an offering Because if it's keeping you from what's in front of you, then it's a hindrance and needs to be dropped. As the praise team begins to pray, I want you to bow your heads with me this morning. I'm gonna ask you to be vulnerable. I'm gonna ask you to be a little bit transparent. I realize that's terrifying. In a moment, I'm gonna pray. And then I'm going to ask you a question. What's in your hand? What's in your hands that you need to forget? That you need to neglect? That you need to drop? And then I'm going to invite you to come forward and find a place of prayer. We're not going to ask you what that thing is. We're not going to ask you what the issue is. I want you to bring it forward as an offering to the Lord. And if you want to stand, you stand. If you want to kneel, you kneel. If you want to lay on your face, you lay on your face. But this is your opportunity for the Spirit to do some work in your life. Because God's desire that you would have nothing in your hands, that you could receive what He has for us, so that your gaze is no longer on what is behind you, but what is in front of you. For us as a church... don't know what's been carried in today. Good things, bad things, I, I don't care. Forgetting what is behind. Straining towards what lies ahead, I press on. It's hard to press on when you're holding stuff. Holy Spirit, I ask you right now in this solemn moment to begin speaking to people who have things in their hands that they need to let go of. Holy Spirit, as the pastor of this church, I release you over this congregation to each mind to each heart to each life that would name you as Savior if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior you've never invited him into that space I want to encourage you it's a prayer it's a simple prayer but it's a powerful prayer. It's, Lord, I invite you in. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. It's not complicated, but it'll change your entire identity if you pray it with faith and with meaning. If that's you this morning, I would invite you to pray that prayer and then find someone and say, hey, I prayed that prayer the pastor talked about this morning. So in a moment, I'm going to invite the praise team to begin worshiping as we worship. I invite you to come to this altar as an act of worship to the Lord. The Holy Spirit has spoken to some of you about this stuff in your hand, what needs to be forgotten. As an act of worship, won't you come when we begin to sing? Won't you bring it to this altar and give it as an act of worship? Will you all stand with me now, please? Holy Spirit, as we begin to sing and as people begin to come, will you unburden individuals? Will you unburden us as a church that we could turn our eyes towards you, that we could aim for the gold and the prize of the upward calling of Christ Jesus, forgetting what is behind, and pressing on to what is ahead. There are some coming already. You can come whenever you want. That we can press on to you. Unburdened. Free hands. Free hearts. Free minds. So that we can take up your resurrection. So that we can gain you. That we can gain your power. We can gain your life. Father, we run into you now. To let go. In Jesus' name. Jesus,
1: Holy, there is no one like you. Won't you come there this There is none besides Bring your baggage you. as
0: an offering to
1: Open up my eyes in wonder and show.
0: seat today I would encourage you uh, some of you may have unburdened yourself and you're in a good place with Jesus and that's awesome some of you are here and you're unburdened and you're pursuing the Lord and that's fantastic if you're here and you know you need to lay something down obviously there's nothing magical about the front but the reality is there's something about getting out of your seat there's something about moving down to a space. It's an exercise of your will. I'm going to pray in just a few moments and dismiss service, but we're going to continue in an attitude of worship and prayer. If you would like to talk, that's fantastic. Please do so out in the foyer, because this is a holy space right now, and I want to maintain it as a holy space if you just want to sit in the presence of the Lord and enjoy His presence and sit down and stay, if you want to come down to this front and lay as as an act of worship the burden that you've been carrying, I want you to do that. Just because I pray doesn't mean this moment is over. I want us to continue pursuing the presence of the Lord. Maybe you're there at your seat and you know you need to be down here, but you're afraid what will people think? We're going to think you're a sinner just like us. We're going to think you're saved by the grace of Jesus just like us. We're going to think you're one of us. If you're caught in your seat because you're nervous about what people around you will think, quit it. Find a place. Lay down as an act of worship something before the Lord. I'm going to pray. praise team is going to continue. We're going to press in. You're free to go after that. If you're going to talk, please do so Outside sanctuary. Father, I thank you for the work you're doing and will continue doing over the next few moments. Spirit, there is nothing more important than listening to you in this moment. We want to be obedient. Spirit, do your work. Do what only you can do in these spaces. And when we all eventually leave this morning, let us walk up freer than when we came in. Let us leave facing forward forgetting what is behind us that has been hindering us and pressing into those things that you have for us. Your life, your joy, your peace, your strength, your hope, all that you have for us. Jesus.